James, there's a question here from someone whose initials are SJD and lives in New York City. SJD, that's like Stephen J. Dubner. Kind of. And he wants, he or she, maybe, wants to know from James Altucher, how do I learn to perform better under pressure? I recently had a competitive golf match and folded like laundry in a Vietnamese humid climate. It's a very interesting way of posing the question. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's different about a Vietnamese yeah, humid climate? I don't know. I don't know, where, I don't know where this person was going with the Vietnamese, but let me just rephrase the question. How do I learn to perform better under pressure? I recently had a competitive golf match at which I was a full 20 to 30% worse than I typically play by myself or with friends or even random strangers. Well, I think a couple of answers. One is obviously experience. The more yeah. experience you have at something, the less likely you're going to have pressure in it because you've said, oh, okay, I've been in this situation a thousand times before. I know what to do. Then the other thing is to practice specifically in high-pressure situations. So, for instance, in the 1940s, the world chess champion, Mikhail Botvinnik, would often play chess with someone blowing smoke right in his face. So he would almost, he would often practice that way. He would um, have fake um, matches where the entire match someone would blow smoke in his face. Died of cancer much later, but <laughs> managed to become the world chess champion in the meantime. And uh, no, actually, I don't know if he died of cancer or not. But just, uh, a, just a nice cancer joke to throw in. Right, yeah. I figured, why not? Mm. Cancer jokes. They kill. Um, yes. You know, it's very funny. So I used to play tournament chess. How'd you do compare in, in competition compared to practice or low-stress matches? Um, you I must always, have done well because yeah, you I did won, well. right? Yeah, yeah. I was a ranked master. I won lots of tournaments. And uh, one thing I can tell you, when you win a game, you're a genius and you never look at that game again. You don't even care. You should look at the game, but you, you just don't care. I won it. I, I must have made every move correctly because I'm such a genius. And that's it. But when you lose a game, you really the way to get better is I really would look at every single move. What could I have done better? And I look at it with a teacher, and I study books, and I look at it on the computer, and I look at every single move and try to figure out what I could have done better. And it's the same thing here. Like if you're in a competitive situation, particularly golf, you should be videotaping yourself playing golf. I do. Yeah, and then you should go over with the teacher I every do. single thing you do. I do, but that's not what I'm talking about. So, you know, so... But under pressure is part of that. Like right. how you stand under pressure, how you are moving while you're under pressure, an instructor will be able to tell you, oh, you're doing something differently. You're holding the, what do you call it, the golf club differently, or your your face looks a little more red. You're a little nervous. You should do this breathing technique beforehand. Do you, do you have coping mechanisms for performing under pressure? And again, one thing I want to emphasize is that I think pressure or anxiety or nerves, whatever you want to call it, is very domain-specific, right? Well, uh, I Getting ready to go give a lecture, for instance, versus going out on a date versus an athletic competition, those are all different kinds of pressure. I think, I think in general, uh, one thing we haven't discussed is what many elite athletes do, which is that they um, kind of somewhat hypnotize themselves before competition. Well, there is a lot of visualization. There is a lot of positive thought therapy. But here, here's you know the question that it really got me to, and I don't know the answer to this. I tried to look around for it. I couldn't really find any good data on this. I'm not sure if it exists, but 
What it made me think is this. So, like, okay, so I am the golfer who crumbles under pressure. Really? It was you? <laughs> it was you all along. I had a match this last weekend, and we ended up winning mostly because my partner did really well, but I did not contribute very much. I did not contribute anywhere near as much as I'm capable because I just play much, much, much worse. And I realize that many people do play much worse under pressure, whether it's golf or music or public speaking or whatever. But here's what it really made me wonder. When we look at people who are really good at something, professionals or in the language of someone like Anders Ericsson, an expert performer, right? When we're looking at that whole, let's say the top 10% of performers in any realm you want to name, right? When we look at that top 10%, are we looking at the ones who happen to be good at competing under pressure and that there might be people from the 90th percentile all the way down to who knows, the 30th, who are actually more skilled, talented, able, competent, but who just absolutely cannot do it when it's when time calls for it. That's what I wonder. I mean, my guess is to be skilled under pressure means you've become skilled and more experienced in general at the game, which probably gives you more skills in general at the game. I will say that one way you can avoid crumbling under pressure is just to, rather than think of the entire context in which you're playing, like, oh my God, this is a game, this is a match, this is a tournament, I'm playing against these people— Take every situation in isolation. So well, let's say you're at the chessboard or at a, uh, now it's your turn at golf. It's just you're solving a single problem. And It's funny. That's a phrase you use when we're playing backgammon. I have that problem to solve. You, don't, you're, you try to isolate this. You don't look at the whole board necessarily, the whole pace of play or the overall score or whatever. Well, let's, let's look at this in different contexts. Let's, let's say you're day trading and then you own, or you're investing and you own a stock. Should you hold on to the stock or not? Well, a lot of people have, if there's a cognitive bias, the sunken cost fallacy where, oh, I bought the stock at 10 and now it's at 5. I should hold on to it at least until I break even. No. Should, would you, if you wouldn't buy it at 5 right now, you should get rid of the stock. So that's a kind of common knowledge in good investing. Same thing in relationships. Like, oh, I, I put all the years of my life into this relationship and it's just not working out. He or she is an alcoholic, whatever. If you want to get into the relationship with the person at that moment, you should probably get out of it. I mean, that's a little more extreme. I don't know the full context. I'm making it up. But uh, uh, I think you can apply that, isolate the situation into a single problem as opposed to give it a, a much larger, more stressful context. You know, it's interesting you say that because during this match, and the golf match can last like five hours. So it's a long time and it's a lot of time for your brain to intrude on what your muscles are capable of doing. And in something like golf, and I'm curious whether it's, I don't know whether there would be any or many parallels with uh, chess, which is obviously a, a mental game. But in golf, the biggest problems are usually caused by your brain, not by your muscles. Well, because, you know, think about chess. You're playing. Sometimes you're playing for six hours, where all your brain is doing mm -hmm. is trying to solve chess problem after chess problem. And then when you lose, it's extremely painful. Nobody wants to lose after devoting six hours of their brain time to that. Question of the day will return in a minute. Thanks. Thanks very much to Allstate for sponsoring this episode. James, usually you and I were up for a good debate, but there's no room to argue with this opportunity with Allstate. And trust us, we tried because we argue all the time. There's just so many benefits to opening your own Allstate agency. Instead of finding a problem, we came to this conclusion. Why wouldn't you want to do this? Because with Allstate, you're going to own your own business, a business where you get big rewards for growth, unlimited earning potential, and a lot of equity for the future. 
And when you're the boss, you create the office culture and vision for the workplace with the power of the Allstate brand behind you. Working with the Good Hands Company is about helping people live the good life. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal. So if you haven't thought about opening your own Allstate agency, you should. Head over to allstateagent.com slash question of the day after the show to see stories from successful agents. Subject to the terms of the agency agreement. The best stretch I got in during this match that was overall pretty crap was we were playing an opponent who um, was a really good player. And so the way golf works is you have a handicap system. So someone like me who's not as good, you actually get strokes. So they make it up in handicap. It'd be like in, in, in chess, I don't know if there's any version. I'm guessing not. It'd be like you start with three pawns fewer or something. I don't know. Do you do any kind of handicap version like that in chess? Time. Time, time handicap. Okay, so you, you get have, person 10 yeah. minutes, you take one minute, gotcha. whatever. Okay. So this guy was a young, strong, really good player. Um, not professional caliber, although he looked like, um, his swing looked like a pro. If you had told me he was a pro, I wouldn't have been surprised. And part of it then is just kind of like you compare yourself. You say, well, well I know my swing is not as good as his, and I know my game is not as good as his, and therefore I suffer as a result of that by the comparison. So do you ever have an opponent in chess or any other competition, maybe it was in business, where you just felt like, you know what, I'm not at that level, but you have to talk yourself into still competing at your highest level. Absolutely, and everybody does it differently. You know, you can say, oh, I'm going to hate this guy. I'm going to take this guy down. Another thing I do, which is related to this, but in public speaking, I get nervous every time I have to give a talk, and I give a lot of talks per year. Has that diminished over time? No, never. Really? Never once. And what I do is I imagine all of the nervousness inside of me is like this little person inside of me. And I kind of visualize that person stepping outside of me. And so he's standing right next to me. And do you dress him up in a cute little suit? It depends what he looks like. It has to do with my imagination at that moment. And I, I then talk to him and I say, you're welcome to come up with me onto the stage. I'm very nice to him, but that's the nervous side of me, and I separate him out from me. And I actually find that that's incredibly helpful. I feel as I'm walking onto the stage at that moment, an incredible boost of energy, and I have no nervousness after that. Do you think I could separate out, like invite the crap golfer in me to just step outside yes, of me? I think and just like hold a bottle of water and say, I like, think be that, my sub caddy. I think this visualization is an important technique. And I think a lot of uh performers at in in many different fields do that sort of technique. I'm it's really interesting because you know I do watch a lot of sports and sometimes athletes perform almost literally unbelievable physical feats. And when they perform them under game pressure, not just game pressure, but like championship game pressure, it's just hard for me to conceive of that. So I wonder if maybe mentally I just don't have that kind of strength. And I wonder if there is just, you know, there's got to be a variance, right? We all have different abilities in terms of, you know, everything from pure physical attributes, height and weight and so on, to different talents and different things. I just wonder if like clutch if that's what we're talking about. I just wonder if there's a big variance in clutch and I'm pretty much on the low end of it. But I wonder if you try this technique of visualizing the all the aspects of yourself that are fearful of that clutch moment, visualize it as a separate person. And banish him. And just, not necessarily banish him, but just put him aside. The little, little Steven, sniveling, nervous little Steven, just put him outside of you for a few minutes so you can get the job done. And I wonder if that might uh, that might work, or you try that. You know, it's funny. Because, again, that works for me. The 
the biggest screw-up I ever had years and years ago, I was probably 13, 14, 15, and I played music as a kid, and they'd asked me to play Pomp and Circumstance for the high school graduation on the big pipe organ there. And uh, I was never very good at reading music. I played mostly by ear. I could read, but I, you know, I wasn't that good at it and da-da-da. So anyway, I got the sheet music, and I knew how the song went, and I figured it out on the sheet music, but I was slow because I wasn't a good reader. So I figured it out. And then I practiced, you know, several times, and then I had the music with me. But then when it came time for graduation, they start marching up the aisle, and I'm backstage, and I'm playing. And, like, I lost it. I just totally had no idea what I was supposed to play next. And because I wasn't really good at reading music, I couldn't, like, instantly find the measure where I was and repair myself. And then I just started playing some other junk, some other song. It was terrible. Did they, did they let you graduate after that? Just barely. But the lesson I learned was very valuable, which is never underprepare for a situation in which you have the ability to control how much you prepare. This one, there was no competition. There was no nothing. There was no weather intervening. There was no nothing. It was purely me and preparation and nerves. So whenever there's been a case where I had to go in public and do anything, I've prepared so that I know that I'm going to get up there and do at least okay and hopefully very well. But for this, sports, it's different because, like, it's a performance anxiety. And somehow, uh, as much as I appreciate your advice, I'm getting worried that I'm just the kind of person who's always going to be poor in that kind of I don't setting believe under it. pressure. I don't believe it. I think there's lots of things you can try in addition to preparation. Because I've read them all. Because in golf, as you can imagine, because it's such a mental, physical do you try? Do you try the inner game of golf? Do you try visualizing the shot beforehand? I do. I've never had much success. The, the one time during the match the other day that things really worked for me for a short time, and then I, this is what's also really interesting. Even though it was working, I kind of forgot to keep doing it. Because, you know, the match has ebbs and flows and things are happening and I literally forgot to keep doing it. I decided that when the opponent was on the tee with this beautiful swing of his and he was just really in control of his game, we ended up, you know, it, it worked out okay. Um, but um, when, when, the, when the opponent was on the tee and I'm watching him and thinking, wow, my swing does not look like that. My preparation is not that consistent. My club selection is not that thoughtful, on and on and on. I decided this is doing me no good. So while he's preparing to swing and while he's swinging, I'm just going to look off into the trees and think about the weather next week. Medita- I did a little kind of mini meditation. And actually, that seemed to work okay. Now, okay, I have no maybe, idea if that was coincidental or causal. Maybe it brought you into the present moment rather than building up all these anxieties about the context you're in. But here's another thing I do. Have you ever tried watching a lot of video of golf right before a big moment in golf? interesting. I know you watch stand-up comedy before you go give a lecture, right? Right, because those are the best public speakers out there. Interesting. And uh, I don't know what they call them. The mirror neurons in the brain are going to sort of emulate at least for— it's like a short-term injection of their abilities into your brain. You know, it's interesting. Golf has a lot of really weird rules, things you can, must, and cannot do. And there are all kinds of prohibitions against different kinds of aids in the during a competition. Like you can't use an alignment aid. You can't lay a stick down to line yourself, blah, blah, blah. I'm very curious to know if I could use my iPhone to like before every tee shot, I'm just going to watch Jason Day. I'm going to watch that takeaway. No, I'll watch Roy McElroy. I'll watch that takeaway. 
I watch that majestic coil. I watch him swing like he's coming out of his shoes and and hit the ball 350 yards. I can't imagine that it's not allowed because you're certainly allowed to bring cell phones on the, the, the I don't know, what do you call it, a golf course? You call it a golf course, James. Thanks. I'm glad I came to an expert for advice. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Right after this quick break, we'll give you a taste of our next question of the day. With Allstate, there's no need to pick sides. You can own your own business and be your own boss. This opportunity is a no-brainer. So head on over to allstateagent.com slash question of the day to get more information about opening your own agency. We've got another great question on tap for next time. Take a listen. Do you know John Reed? Uh, former CEO of Citibank? No, John Reed. That is John Reed. John Reed, who goes by John Aaron Reed at Twitter. And he wrote to QOD, how do you exercise your question-asking muscle? So I have some thoughts on this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts first, Shane. 